1: Good afternoon, and welcome to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Over the next hour, you'll learn how to see your true self in the midst of life's twists and turns. You'll be challenged to think outside of the box when it comes to the mysteries of life. Now, here's your host, Andrea Matthews.
2: Good afternoon, and welcome to Authentic Living. You know, change is the only constant, but what we tend to do during times of change is resist it with all our might. And if we're not resisting, we're sulking. Oh, come on now, you know it's true. We tend to think that change rocks our neat little packaged-up worlds. Even if our worlds are chaotic, we've gotten used to that, and we just don't want things to change. But here we all are in a time of change, a time of upheaval, and a time of uncertainty. And right now, many of us are dealing with that by blaming our president for not solving this deep crisis that took years to create and the time it takes to watch a sitcom. We are impatient. We want the world to stop rocking. But it hasn't, and it may not for a while. This is going to be a transformative time for us all if we let it. So how can we begin to allow this change to change us? Our guest today is going to answer that question. Neil Donald Walsh is a modern-day spiritual messenger whose work continues to touch the world in profound ways. With an early and deeply felt connection to spirituality, Neal spent the majority of his life searching for spiritual meaning before beginning his very public conversation with God, a New York Times best-selling series that has touched and inspired millions around the world. In addition, he has published 16 other works and a number of video and audio programs. Neil's work has redefined God and shifted spiritual paradigms around the globe. And because of that redefining process and the response to it, he built the Conversations with God Foundation, a nonprofit educational organization dedicated to inspiring the community of the world to move from violence, confusion, and anger to peace, clarity, and love. As a man acquainted with difficult changes of life, having dealt with loss of health and homelessness, among other things, Neil has asked and answered the difficult questions about life in his beautiful book, When Everything Changes, Change Everything, in a Time of Turmoil, A Pathway to Peace. And we are so fortunate to be allowed to tap his mind today for some answers to our questions. Welcome, Neil, to the Authentic Living Show. Thank you so much for for talking with us today.
0: Well, Andrea, you're very welcome, and I'm not sure I know what... I'm a little speechless after that introduction. (laughs) Well, I don't think I I deserve any of those plaudits, but you're very kind to say those things. Thank you.
2: Well, you're very welcome, and I do think you deserve them. You know, I'm going to just jump right in here and see if we can get you to talk some anyway. Uh, (laughs) Your book challenges us to grow, to change our thinking and our old patterns of behavior in nine different ways. Now, I want to say we're not going to give away all the secrets of your book because this book is definitely one that I call a slow cooker. You need to read it, take your time to let things that you read simmer and gestate because this book has the potential of offering our listeners real-life change. But I do want to talk about those nine changes, and we'll do that in just a few minutes. But first, I want to ask, why should we change when life changes?
0: Because if we don't, life is going to change us in ways that we probably are not happy with and so we either change along with life or we refuse to do that and we will change anyway it is just a question of whether we will change intentionally or as a result of exterior forces so uh, i think that we uh, have to really listen carefully to the words you spoke in the beginning of this program we have to notice <clears throat> excuse me that we have to notice that change is a part of life itself. In fact, it is life itself. Life is nothing more, when you get down to it, than a process of change. Everything is changing all the time. If we're allowing ourselves to define change as movement, then life never stops changing. Things are moving around, molecules and submolecular particles, subatomic particles, all the time. Everything, therefore, is constantly in motion. Life is about motion itself. So the reason that we are well advised to change when change affects us, especially dramatic change, is because change is the Aikido of the mind. It is the movement as as, as Aikido moves the body with incoming energy so that we don't uh, um, clash with it or find ourselves opposed by it, but in fact move in concert with it, in harmony with it, in such a way that the change does not change us.
2: Wow, that's so beautifully put. Thank you. All right. Well, before we get to the nine changes, one of the most important things that you hit on in the book, which I think is so very important to dealing with change, is our idea about truth and reality. Um, you've meant, you've given us a couple of different definitions of truth, or actually three different definitions of truth, and three different definitions of reality. Would you be willing to discuss discuss those for just a second?
0: Oh, sure. See, what I what I realize is, let me just back up one step in the hall of mirrors here and talk about the basis for all of this conversations with god made it very clear to me that we are creating our own reality and i heard that statement over and over and over again and almost anyone in the so-called alternative or new thought field has heard it as well many have said it many times you're creating your own reality ah but how was my question how in fact is that being done there must be there must be a mechanism there must be a process that i can learn about that i can apply in my day-to-day life the book when everything changes change everything is the answer to that question that book came through me in three and a half weeks the entire book was written uh, really in about twenty seven days or twenty six days and i was shocked at what i was seeing there that is i had no idea what was going to be said until the book finally just moved right through me and i found myself looking at an impeccable technology, what I've come to call the WECI technology, Weki being an acronym for when everything changes, change everything. And the Weki technology allows us to notice several things. One, there are three kinds of reality that we are creating in our life, either a distorted reality or what I call the observed reality, or in fact the ultimate reality. And what determines which of those three realities we reside in with regard to a particular event or circumstance is the truth that we embrace about that event or circumstance. If we embrace what I call the imagined truth about a particular event or circumstance, or for that matter, the whole of our life, we will then live most of our life in a distorted reality. And I need to say that from my observation, that's where many, many people spend much of their time. It's where I spend most of my time, most of my life, in a distorted reality. If, on the other hand, I embrace what I would call the apparent truth about a particular event or circumstance, then I'm much more likely to raise my vibration from distortion to a level of what I call the observed reality, where I simply objectively observe what is so. On the other hand, if I'm really fortunate enough and I can raise my vibration enough to be able to grasp and to see and to embrace the actual truth, what is actually true about a particular event or circumstance, then I can step into what I call the ultimate reality, which is where masters reside and where, to be honest, many of us go now and then. I don't know very many people who I haven't stepped into an experience of the ultimate uh, reality here and there, now and then. Of course, the challenge is to stay there. How could I get, get there and stay there, or at least remain there much more of the time? That's the question that all, all seekers are asking, and I truly believe that this wonderful book that, that was given to me answers that question.
2: Absolutely. Thank you so much. That I think that's a basis for the next thing that I'm going to ask, and that's um, you talk in your book about... Um, two different kinds of ways of of changing, one of them being the mechanics of the mind and the other the system of the soul. So I want to talk, if you will, just a little bit about the mechanics of the mind and uh, the first four of the nine changes. And again, I don't want to give away the whole book because I want to make sure that our listeners know this book is, is really to be worked and slowly. So... Um, but I do want to talk about these because I want to uh, whet their appetites just a little bit.
0: Well, you, you know, uh, Andrea, I wouldn't mind if you did give away the whole book. I have no objection to that. I, My job is to get the message out. I don't care whether I get it out in a book or on your radio program.
2: Yeah, okay. All right. Well, let's go for it then. So the first one of those, what, what, what do you mean first by, and we just have a few more minutes before the break, but what do you mean by mechanics of the mind? What does that mean? I think that
0: the that the mind is in fact a mechanical device. I think that it acts and uh, according to mechanical principles that is in a way that is entirely consistent and predictable, producing outcomes that are dependable. And all we have to do is understand the mechanics of the mind. Not the first person to say this, by the way. Everyone from Freud on down has made the same observation, but not very many people have found a way to apply the mechanics of the mind to the spirituality experience that most of us seek in our lives, and I think there's a way to blend what I call modern-day psychology with contemporary spirituality. So in the book, I talk about the mechanics of the mind in a way that allows the average person to grasp those mechanics, to say, oh, I see what's going on here. I, I can clearly see this, and I have explained this to people in lectures and workshops over the past seven months since that book came out. And everyone sits back and go, my golly, I've never heard it explained quite that clearly before. Mm-hmm. So that's what the mechanics of the mind refer to. It refers to the way the mind works from the time an event happens until the time we experience a reality, which, by the way, can be nanoseconds. That is, the mechanics of the mind to play their effect in just moments. And yet, as fast as the mind works, if we know how the mind is working, we can, in a sense, keep up with it and impact, or if you please alter, the way the mind is proceeding in order to produce a different kind of reality. And that's what the book is really all about.
2: Okay. All right. So what we're talking about when we're talking about the mechanics of the mind, then, is that few nanoseconds between an event and our acceptance of its reality. So we're going to come back in just a few minutes, and we're going to talk some more with Neil Donald Walsh about when everything changes, change everything.
3: for a transforming world. Seventh Wave Network. I begin each day with an intention to be open to guidance, to expect guidance, to trust and appreciate when guidance comes. With these intentions, each day is easier to navigate. Hi, I'm Sonia Choquette. When I decided to trust my guidance and further my education, I chose the American Institute of Holistic Theology. A-I-H-T. was a soulful pathway to deep learning. In my own home, on my own schedule, I earned my Ph.D. in metaphysics. You know, the value of wisdom only grows, and in developing our own gifts, we can help others evolve, too. That's how it works. These self-paced programs in holistic health, metaphysics, holistic ministries, parapsychic science, and holistic theology Visit bloodsaves.com to learn more. This public service announcement was brought to you by the Ad Council. Listening on a higher dimension. Seventh Wave
0: Network.
2: And we're back with Authentic Living, brought to you by the American Institute of Holistic Theology, an interfaith school built to help you fulfill your dreams to heal yourself and your world. And we're talking today with Neil Donald Walsh about his book, When Everything Changes, Change Everything. uh, We talked just a few minutes ago, Neil, about the uh, mechanics of the mind, and there are four changes that you offer in your book that have to do with the mechanics of the mind. And I'd like to talk about that first one, just a minute, Change Your Decision to Go It Alone. What does that mean? Let me back
0: up just one second, if I can, Andrea, with your permission, and explain sure. the title of my book. Why I say when everything changes, change everything is that we, we are well advised when our life turns into upheaval to change everything about the way we deal with life. When I say when everything changes, change everything, I mean change everything. I mean change your idea of who you are, change your idea of God, if you have any idea about that, change your idea of life itself itself change the way you interact with yourself in the quiet of your own mind, change the way you interact with others, with the world, really a complete overhaul because the reason that you're experiencing upheaval as a negative negative outcome in life is because of the way you've been holding the experience of life and moving through life. Now, yes, I list nine changes that could change everything uh, in one's life, and the first of those changes, as you've noticed, is change your Proclivity, if you please, your tendency to want to go it alone. What I mean by that is that almost the first thing that happens to most people, not all people, but the largest number of people, when they have a huge shift or change in their life. Now, we're talking, by the way, about unexpected, unbidden, unwelcome change. We're not talking, in this case, about the changes that are very positive in nature. We get the best job we ever had. We marry uh, our dream spouse and so forth. Those are wonderful changes for sure, but they don't usually cause us a great deal of uh, consternation. The The changes that I'm dealing with here in the book are the changes that the uh, unbidden, unwelcome, unwanted changes. When those things just fall out of the sky on us, most people tend to self-isolate. They get very quiet. They go within. We've been taught... You know, you're to be seen and not heard. We've been taught don't burden other people with your problems. We've been taught don't be a crybaby and all the rest. So we go off and lick our wounds and find ourselves pretty much alone. Even sometimes spouses can't get to us. They, they, they say we've somehow become reclusive and closed off and closed in. It's a very natural tendency. It's a very human tendency, but it's not a very beneficial tendency. So the first change that I encourage people to make is change your tendency to want to go it alone. In fact, do exactly the opposite. Turn enragement into engagement. Engage life, engage the world, and at some level, engage yourself in a brand new way, but not singularly, not alone. But engage yourself in the presence of and with the assistance of others who are, for instance, in the helping professions or who are just very close to you, very close to your friends, people you can rely on, people you can trust to walk through this experience with you and to be there for you on the other side. I have found that when people are willing to engage life in some of the ways I'm describing, and I can be specific about what that looks like to me, it looks like, in fact, going to see a, a, a professional, a counselor, a minister, a rabbi, a priest, whoever it might be that you feel you have, you can put some faith in, to take some uh, some uh, classes, to, to look at some personal and spiritual development courses and, and seminars and retreats that are available all over the place out there, to reach out to another person and to seek the um, companionship along the journey of another who holds our well-being high in their regard. And so uh, what I've learned is that when people are willing to do that, they move through the worst part of the changes that are affecting them very, very quickly, almost exponentially quickly. That is, the number of times and the number of people they, they reach out to is direct in proportion to the speed with which they move through the negative aspects and the negative impact of the change itself.
2: Yep, yep, I couldn't agree more. And you know, one of the things that I find that so many times people withdraw because they're afraid that they're going to get blamed for the change. They don't want people to know about the change. Or They feel that somehow they're going to be uh, told, it, well, this change has occurred because it's because of something you did or didn't do.
0: I think it's true that that is a reason why people sit back, but, you know, um, I think people should look at that. I'm not saying that it's, uh, in fact, what's true. In fact, I think what happens is most often when people do confront those allegations or accusations or those statements by others, well, why did you do that? Or look what you did. You failed again. You didn't do it right or whatever. If we're willing to, see, because, by the way, if we think that by not engaging others we're going to escape the question, we're wrong. As a matter of fact, by not engaging others, the question is asked of ourselves, by ourselves, and we're sitting there stewing in our own juice. We can't even explain ourselves to ourselves because we're talking to ourselves. But, so I say it's very healthy. You know, yes, in fact, somebody may say that, and maybe they should. That gives you a chance to sit up and say, well, let's look at that. Now, wait a minute, just a minute here. This doesn't feel like it's all my fault. This doesn't feel like I created this out of my carelessness or recklessness. This doesn't feel that way at all. And suddenly we find ourselves uh, opening ourselves to a deeper and larger truth that is often closed off to us when we're sitting there alone stewing in our own juice.
2: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yep. Very well said. Thank you. All right. So change your choice of emotions. You know, there's a lot of people out there that would say we don't have a choice about our emotions. So... Talk to us about that.
0: That's the second change that I invite people to engage in. Immediately change your choice of emotions. And why I use those words advisedly. Because I am saying in the book that we, in fact, do choose our emotions. Emotions are not things that we are overcome by. They are not things that just fall over us like syrup on ice cream. In fact, emotions are things that we deliberately and consciously choose. Although I will acknowledge, I will admit that the choice is made so fast, so lightning fast, that it can seem as if it can carry the illusion of something over which we have no control. But the master knows different, and the master knows how to slip in, in between there, even though there's only a paper-thin moment in which to do it, because the, the mind works, as I said, with lightning quickness, but the master is even quicker the master the hand is quicker than the eye so the master can slip in there in between the event and the emotion we choose to have choose to entertain the emotion we choose to embrace with regard to the event the master can slip in there between and say wait a minute wait wait just a second do I really want to be angry here do I really want to feel hurt here do I really want to be contentious here do I really want to be sad here are these the emotions that I choose and if so why What is causing these emotions? And if I could choose an emotion, and I realize I don't think I can, but if I could, if I could choose an emotion, what emotion would I choose? Your answer to that question will depend on the truth that you have embraced about the event, and that, in turn, will depend on the data, the past data that you're holding with regard to the event. By the way, I can explain this all uh, in terms of an example, if you'd like me to, which is Mm -hmm, very vivid. I came home about 15 or 20 years ago. Now, this is a long time ago. in my 30s. I'm now in my 60s. But I came home one sunny afternoon from work to find the house empty. Not only was it empty of people, but empty of furniture as well. That is, most of the furniture was gone. And I looked around and I thought, my gosh, what's happened? My first thought was, we've been robbed. But, of course, nobody comes into your house in the middle of the day and takes all the furniture out. And it took me a very short period of time to realize, oh, my God, My wife has left. Are you kidding me? I ran around the house. I couldn't find a note. Dear John, I'm sending your saddle home. Nothing. There was no precursor to any of this. I did not have any idea that she was that unhappy. She said nothing about it. She simply one day left while I was away at work. Took all of her things, all the furnishings that she brought into the marriage, which was about two and a half years old at that time, all of her clothes naturally, and so forth. And I went upstairs, and I realized, oh, my God, this is Unbelievable. And, of course, I immediately went to my, that that was the event. The event is called Wife Leaves Husband in Middle of Day. Mm -hmm. Now, instantly, my mind went to past data. I've never had that happen to me before, but I had enough past data from other people to whom it's happened, enough movies, enough books, sad stories, and so forth. Oh, my God, my culture had told me this is not a good thing. And I immediately jumped to the imagined truth. She found another man. She ran off with somebody else. They're probably in, in Las Vegas right now, like getting a divorce and getting married or whatever. Who, what is this? This is. I, I've been unjusted. This is unfair. Why that scoundrel, that bad person, and, and how bad must I have been to be a person who'd want to leave in the middle of the day? And my mind went crazy with it. Thank goodness. I, would, I, had, the, I had the presence of mind. To, and these are true gifts of mind, the presence of mind, E-N-T-S. I had the presence of mind to call a spiritual counselor, to call a, a, my minister at a New Age church where I lived. And I said, I'm, you know, I'm not going to believe what just happened to me. And she said, come in right away. Come, come right in here. And I did. And She said, no, Don, she said, let's take a look. Now, before you go crazy with this, let's take a look at this from a different angle. Is, is it possible that you can elevate from, the, from what you're imagining to what, to what is apparently so? I said, what is apparently so? She said, what's apparently so? The apparent truth is your wife has left. You don't know why. You don't know know she's with another man. You don't even know it's your fault for that matter. Maybe she's got a terrible illness and didn't want to tell you about it, and didn't want to burden you. How do you know? Didn't want to burden you with it. You just don't know, do you? I said, well, no, I don't. But I can guess. She said, stop guessing and start and get into the present moment. She saved my life that day. Mm -hmm. And she, because she elevated me to the apparent truth. In a couple of weeks, through constant counseling with her, she elevated me to the actual truth. By asking me a series of interesting questions, do you know who you really are? Do you understand your true identity? Do you understand that you are the creator of everything that happens to you and through you? Are you clear that there's a higher reason in heaven and earth for what has gone on here and that you are at least, at the very least, a co-creator of this? Are you willing to hold your co-creative wife in the space of co-creation with you and not make yourself a victim and her the villain? Is there another way you can hold this from a spiritual point of view that could cause you to be at peace And even in a place of certain joy around it, where you can say to your wife, your will is my will. Everything shifted in that two-week period with regard to that experience because of that spiritual counseling that I received. It's a moment in my life I will never forget because I ignored my past data and the past stories that I carried about the thing called being abandoned by a wife and went instead, instead to what I now call the system of the soul to a place of beingness that produced a space of consciousness that resulted in an awareness, a level of awareness that shifted my perspective about the event forever. In truth, my then former wife, shortly after that, and I became very good friends, and I found out, in fact, that she did not leave having anything to do with
2: me. Well, there you have it. And you just covered the first, the, the first four of those steps in that process, didn't you? Yeah. Where you changed your emotions and your thoughts and then your ideas of what the truth is. That was a very beautiful example. Thank you so much. Okay, well, we're going to be right back in just a few minutes with more from Neil Donald Walsh. Stay tuned.
3: Awakened Media for a Transforming World, Seventh Wave Network.
1: grunt yeah be like Uh, uh, there you go you don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent when you adopt a child from foster care just being there makes all the difference to learn more call 1-888-200-4005 a public service announcement brought to you by adopt us kids the u.s department of health and human services and the ad council
3: i begin each day with an intention to be open to guidance to expect guidance to trust and appreciate when guidance comes with these intentions, each day is easier to navigate. Hi, I'm Sonia Choquette. When I decided to trust my guidance and further my education, I chose the American Institute of Holistic Theology, AIHT, it was a soulful pathway to deep learning. In my own home, on my own schedule, I earned my Ph.D. in metaphysics. You know, the value of wisdom only grows, and in developing our own gifts, we can help others evolve, too. That's how it works. These self-paced programs in holistic health, metaphysics, holistic ministries, parapsychic science, and holistic theology can embolden your spirit to change the world. And the time has come for us all to do our part in changing the world. So in this moment, call the American Institute of Holistic Theology. The number is 1-800-650-4325. In this moment, visit AIHT.edu. All my love.
1: That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews.
2: And we're back talking today with Neil Donald Walsh about his book, When Everything Changes, Change Everything. And uh, just before the break, you were talking about a wonderful example from your own life about um, the day that your wife left you. And um, you were saying, uh, and I know that sort of had all our listeners waiting with bated breath, she said that she, she didn't leave because it had anything to do with you. So why did she leave?
0: Well, we talked uh, uh, several weeks later about that, and we we were able to sit down together and quietly just discuss it, and she said, you know, sweetheart, honestly, it had nothing to do with you. I know it's going to be hard for you to believe, and it's difficult for you to swallow, but in fact, it's the truth. I married way too soon. I had many, many, too many challenges, too many difficulties, too many obstacles in my own life to clear away wafers. I hadn't really dealt with all those things, and being in relationship, in such close relationship brought that all up for me to heal, to look at, and to resolve, and I realized that putting you through that as we were doing, struggling as we were, is, was not uh, good for either you or me, and the gift to both of us was to give ourselves the freedom from that daily, daily tug-and-pull, back-and-forth exercise, and to just give ourselves the space uh, to be full whole and complete human beings, at least in my case. So she said, I want you to know that. And I looked at her and I said, thank you, for, bless you, and thank you for that transparency and for relieving me of the notion that it was all my fault. If only I had done this or if only I had done that. We wound up being really very good friends in the aftermath of that. But it was a wonderful example of, and she was right, by the way, as I look back on it, because hindsight is always better than foresight or even present sight. In hindsight, I saw that we were we were really struggling to make something work that wasn't working, and that I was far much better off for it in the aftermath, as it, as a, as it happens so often, uh, and in fact wound up finding my right and perfect life partner with whom, with whom I am right now. However... I I, I just noticed that my mind was really ready to go into the imagined truth at five or six different levels and produce all sorts of outcomes. And If I hadn't been stopped and helped by that spiritual counselor, who knows what I might have said or done or moved into a 20-year grudge against this person or even, for that matter, against all females uh, and and, and set a whole life pattern up, all based on my imagining of what occurred there.
2: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. A one-time event can can be held on to forever if we choose to let it sort of infect everything we do and think after that.
0: And in a distorted way, it's bad enough if we hold on to an event, at least in a truthful way, but if we're holding on to it in a distorted way, distortions only tend to magnify and grow as time passes.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. That's very true. I want to say that again. Distortions only tend to grow over time. I think that's very well said. Um, you, well, during that process, you explained the first four steps of, the, of, of, of four changes that you um, recommend in the book. And so I want to talk a little bit about moving into the system of the soul, which is the next uh, four steps. And um, so the first one of those was change your idea about change itself. What, tell us what you mean by that.
0: I mean that most people hold a notion that change is something that's happening to them. And I am inviting people to embrace a notion that change is something that's happening through them. They also hold a notion uh, that change uh, often, not always, but often is change for the worse. And when I say change your idea about change, I mean embrace the truth, which is a startling truth that was given to me in this book. All change is change for the better without exception. All change is change for the better. And the book explains why that is fundamentally true. We are on a path of evolution. Life is a process of evolution, and evolution only moves in one direction. The The next thing happens, and 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 everything that happens inures ultimately to our benefit, even though it doesn't appear that way in the present moment. But masters are those who know and who understand that life evolves only in one direction, forward, forward, and ever forward, to higher, higher, and ever higher levels and degrees of complexity, brilliance, and joy, although we often cannot see it. Now, I've had an interesting experience over the past seven months. I've been lecturing about this book uh, all over the world. And when I stand in front of audiences, here is something that I say to them. I say, let me ask you a question. How many of you have experienced an outcome in your life that was unbidden, unwelcome, and unwanted that you in fact thought was one of the worst things that ever happened to you, only to find out six months later, or a year later, or a couple of years later, that it was one of the best things that ever happened to you. If you've had that experience, raise your hand. And 95% of the people in the room raised their hand. And I see see, this is so common. Now, mastery is knowing that the next time one of those I don't believe it, events occurs in your life. It's knowing ahead of time that life is in fact on your side and that if you will give it a little chance, you will discover that this was a change for the better. On the other hand, if you move immediately into your distorted reality around it, you will prevent it from being a change for the better by your very attitude and the very way you're holding it, which will in fact then simply allow you to think that you were right all along that it wasn't a change for the better, because you won't even see the role you played in not allowing it to be a change for the better.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: So it becomes a self-fulfilling negative prophecy. And so what I've learned in my life is to be very philosophical and to stop arguing with life and to, to notice the possibility that there may be something I don't completely understand here, the understanding of which would change everything.
2: Yep. Yep. Very well put. Again... So so really what we're saying here is that uh, the change, the originator of our need to decide to not go it alone or to choose different emotions or choose different thoughts and, and ideas is something that came through us.
0: All change comes through us and not to us. We are, in fact, the creators of every change that occurs in our life. We are co-creating with all the other people in the game, so to speak, We are co-creating with all of our fellow humans on the planet on a global level, with those who are in our immediate life on a more localized level, and we are co-creating, in fact, with the universe itself on the grandest level. We're not isolated uh, beings here. Uh, pulling the levers like some Wizard of Oz behind the curtain. In fact, we're involved uh, in a huge, uh, forgive the the, the illusion, uh, a huge matrix, actually. Uh, that it, and the people who wrote that movie knew exactly what they were talking about, it hadn't been quite as violent, but its underlying uh, clarity was, was very profound. We are involved in a matrix of interacting, interweaving um, actions and interactions that we are all involved with at the same time. When we know that, but, but, but here's the underlying truth about all that. The entire process, the whole matrix, is constantly moving forward to ever higher levels of degrees of, as I said, of evolution, and perfection and joy, and the expression of life itself. If we have faith in that process, I guess what I'm saying in simple terms is, if we have faith in the process of life itself, or to put it in spiritual terms, which, which are the terms that I tend to be comfortable with, if we have faith in God and I do, then we say in the face of every event that occurs to us, what we call good and what we call bad, we say the same thing. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for the events of this day and of this life. For I know with a sure certainty that even this pain will one day turn to joy, and even this moment will one day turn to a time of enormous clarity and great benefit for me, because that's the process in which I am involved because that process is who, in fact, you are. And when I rest in that place, and when I find myself facing a particular problem on a particular day, I say my favorite prayer of all, thank you, God, for helping me to understand that this problem has already been solved for me.
2: Yep. Yep. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Because that journey is, you just said it, we are that process. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that moves us to the, the possibility about future change. Oh, I think I see so many people that are talking constantly about why it is that they can't make the future happen now. <laughs> I'm supposed to have manifested my dreams already. Why haven't I? So can you speak to that issue?
0: Well, that's a huge question, that particular question. But I can say that one of the changes I invite people to make is to change their idea about future change and to realize that future change is a complex process in which they are playing the principal role. Now, as to why a particular, pro- and this is where the movies like The Secret and The Law of Attraction comes in, but there's more to be said about things like The Law of Attraction than, unfortunately, some of those mm, media approaches have given us. It's it's a bad idea, I think, to skim across the surface of some of these profound and very deep spiritual principles. For instance, I noted with some sadness that the movie The Secret, in which, by the way, I had a role. I was in the movie, but I'm sorry to say that when it was over, I saw it on the screen, and I thought, gosh, you know, they didn't say a darn thing about the law of opposites. They didn't say a single word about God, the word God wasn't mentioned, until three and a half minutes before the end of the film, and then only in passing. How sad Uh, in that regard. So I think we need to be real careful here. I wrote a book called Happier Than God. The book Happier Than God explains in depth this process of how we create our own reality and it would be the answer to the question that you posed by this uh, fictional person. How come I can't create my reality right here, right now? Why is it taking so long? Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. Okay, well, when we get to those crises, we tend to ask those questions. So we're going to come back in just a few minutes and hear more from Neil Donald Walsh about his book, When Everything Changes, Change Everything. Stay tuned.
3: transforming world Seventh Wave Network I begin each day with an intention to be open to guidance to expect guidance to trust and appreciate when guidance comes with these intentions each day is easier to navigate Hi, I'm Sonia Choquette When I decided to trust my guidance and further my education I chose the American Institute of Holistic Theology a-I-H-T. is a soulful pathway to deep learning. In my own home, on my own schedule, I earn my Ph.D. in metaphysics. You know, the value of wisdom only grows, and in developing our own gifts, we can help others evolve, too. That's how it works. These self-paced programs in holistic health, metaphysics, holistic ministries, parapsychic science, and holistic theology can embolden your spirit to change the world and the time has come for us all to do our part in changing the world so in this moment call the american institute of holistic theology the number is 1-800-650-4325 in this moment visit aiht.edu all my love over there over there's the water whoosh whoosh and look at all this stuff i'm standing on it's called sand and it's everywhere this woman may sound silly to you and me it's made up of little tiny pieces of rocks teeny little pieces of rocks but to her two-year-old son exploring the world around him (laughs) she makes perfect sense Turn everyday moments into learning moments. Find out how at pornlearning.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. Taking you to the threshold of a dream and beyond. Seventh Wave Network.
2: Well, it's sad but true. We've got the last segment with Neil Donald Walsh today, and uh, before we do anything else, I want to spend a few minutes talking about the change of your identity, because I think that's a crucial thing that we want to address before we let you go today. But before we do that, I want you to tell our listeners, if you will, how they can um, access your webpage and how they can find out more about what you're up to.
0: Well, they can come to my homepage, and they can get to my homepage by just using my initials. My name is Neil Donald Walsh. They would use NDWHome.com. Again, NDWHome.com will get you to my homepage, and there uh, they'll find uh, all sorts of ways to interact and to connect with the work that I'm doing in the world and may also want to go to a second website that I've established, which is directly linked to the message of this book. And the website is called thechangingchangenet.com. Again, changingchangenet. I'm sorry. It's, isn't that funny? I don't even know my own, my own website address. It's called <laughs> changingchange.net Okay, is what it
2: is. Changing and it's, it,
0: yeah. and, and it's, um, it's a wonderful website for people who want to uh, learn more about this particular book. In fact, the whole book... I might add, is on the website. You can get the whole book there. And, it's, it's, uh, uh, and you can ask questions about the book. You can access the book. You can search the book by, by word, by paragraph, by chapter, uh, by phrase, and uh, you'll get right into where you want to go. And in, there's a, a bulletin board where you can post a question about that particular uh, 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 portion of the book. And then we have a uh, whole team of spiritual helpers who will jump on there and answer those questions for you. So it's so a wonderful, wonderful website.
2: Yeah, and, and it's so interactive. That's one of the things that I want to say to our listeners. You, you really can't interact on that website. So, so I really would really encourage you to follow up on that.
0: Yeah, actually both websites are very interactive. On the NDWHome.com uh, website, it's also very interactive. There's a messenger circle there where you can talk back and forth with me every day. There's a section called Ask Neil where you can ask me any question that you want, and I personally answer. I do not have any staff people answering those questions I answer five a day it's my routine every day I answer five questions although I get about 20 a day we're always falling behind but we do as, as, as good as we can so there's a lot of interaction on both of those websites we we try to keep people in uh, close to the message by staying close to the people
2: very good very good thank you very much alright well let's talk just we just have a few minutes but I want to talk a little bit about this changing your identity this is the ninth step And, of course, since I'm so invested here in the authentic self and uh, authenticity, uh, changing your identity, I think, is huge. So can you tell us a little bit about what that means? I noticed that the first question your uh, counselor asked you was, who are you? Yeah. Do you
0: know who you are? She said, do you know who you are? Yeah, do you know who you are? Yeah. And uh, she encouraged me to to, uh, realign my understanding of that, to, in fact, change my identity from what I thought I was, you know, one being among 6.5 billion on the planet Earth, to a singularization, an individuation of the divine, an individual expression of the universal truth, universal essence of all that is, or to put it in simple terms, um, a localized version of God. That was hard for me, you know. That was very, very hard for me to to uh, to embrace, to grasp. I, I just couldn't, at the outset, walk around thinking, "Gee, I'm, I'm a localized version of God." It somehow felt arrogant and and out of place, inappropriate, even if not sh- just short of blasphemy. In fact, many religions on the earth would actually call it blasphemy, mm-hmm. uh, to their great sadness, I think. But as the years went by i began to step more fully into the notion and after my conversations with god i was fully there because i was made to know and to understand that in fact all of us are exactly that god expressing and if we can accept and imagine ourselves to be that uh, then we can uh, change our not only our identity but our experience of life itself and, and how it's rolling out mm-hmm. uh, in our present-day reality because that idea, that change, uh, tends to shift the way the incoming data of life is being experienced. We, we, we elevate our perception. We elevate our perspective. We, we alter irrevocably, irrevocably what we believe about a particular event. And as we change our beliefs, we change our behaviors. So it's just quite a remarkable process as the dominoes begin to fall when we change our identity. So, you know, we're invited by life to, in fact, do something that some people would call very spiritually arrogant. We're invited to embrace and to accept, at last, our true inheritance, to say, if we dare to say, um, what some of the great masters have said, I and the Father are one. Mm -hmm. Yep.
2: Okay, so coming to that identity, then... Really gives us, empowers us, enlightens us, and um, brings us to a real, total shift uh, in in our awareness and of what we create.
0: If we embrace it, if if we we embrace it as our truth and not just a philosophical thought, not just a conceptualization, but an actualization. If we turn it into our actual way of being and walking through the world, not that everyone can stay in that place 100% of the time, but if we give ourselves permission to attempt to do so, to walk from that place, rather than just hold it as a really nice conceptualization, that's the difference, and that makes all the difference in our lives. That's what I mean when I say change everything. We have to actually change everything we ever thought about who we are, where we are, why we are here on the earth, and what we originally intended to do here.
2: Right, right. And that's that's huge. It's huge. And you know, a little while ago, you were talking about, uh, you know, when your wife uh, and you were talking, it was uh, the question was whether or not um, you were to blame for that. And she said something to you about, well, I know this would be hard for you to conceptualize, or something to that effect. And I, I thought then about how it was that we do have a hard time conceiving of the possibility that something might not be our fault. <laughs> And that we're not—it's not really about us—and that's just so hard for us to imagine that. And in the same way, we have such a hard time conceiving that we are divine beings. So thank you so much for, for bringing that concept up into the forefront of our imaginations today. Well,
0: thank you very much for having me on the program. I appreciate it, and I've enjoyed it very much.
2: Oh, I have enjoyed it too, and I'm sure our listeners have as well. And next week we're going to be talking to Bruce Lipton on spontaneous evolution. So tune in again next week. And remember, your job, should you choose to accept it, is to give birth yourself.
1: Thanks again for listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Join us again next Wednesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time, here on the Seventh Wave Network. We'll talk again next week.